Salem Witch Trials. A court detective, Travisville has entered Salem, Massachusetts, to investigate the historic tales of witchcraft and the possibility of it being continued in today's time. Salem is the key location to many historical accounts and records of witchcraft. The Salem Witch Trials took place between February 1692 and May 1693. Throughout the history of the years, paranoia and fear overtook Salem, as many believed the devil himself was watching over their every move. Anyone they saw or talked to that resembled unusual behavior was indeed considered a witch or even a warlock. Bill looked through the town of Salem, knowing that it was a great effort to gain permission to investigate Salem's dark history. After a town's council event, Bill was granted access to all of Salem and its historical records. Speaking with many of the town's residents, Bill realized that witches still reside in Salem in this day and age. No one they no longer hide, but they appear and look just like the average person today, walking beside you, standing right next to you, all around you. Bill then traveled to the downtown area, asking more residents if they've seen any type of witchcrafts, events, sightings, or even seen a witch themselves. And upon doing such, Bell approached two women who were wearing black cloaks. They covered themselves from the cold, light rain. If I may ask you ladies, or any of you witches of the modern day, why would you like to know? You're investigating the trials, aren't you? Yes, ma'am. The women looked at each other and smirked. They turned toward Vell and shook their heads. I'll put it to you this way, sir. Witches don't have a Jerusalem. They have Salem. The women then walked away, leaving Vell thinking about their statement, saying how Salem is a witch's Jerusalem. Upon doing later research, Dr. Galen Donovan arrived in Salem himself and contacted Vell by his arrival. They later met at the Lyceum restaurant, which sat on the land that once belonged to Bridget Bishop, the first woman who was hanged to being accused of practicing witchcraft. We're finally in Salem, Donovan said. It's been a long time coming. This one should be one that's worth it. So, how was this town's council meeting? The meeting was great. Many residents agreed with what they're trying to do by discovering more evidence of the city's past and what truly happened. What's the current time that we head over to the witch's house? Sometime this afternoon. I also plan to attend a play that resembles the trials, exactly as the transcripts portrayed them. Once that's complete, we'll return to the house later tonight for the investigation. Donovan nodded and looked down at his watch, reading the time. He looked up toward Vale. Guess we head over there at this very moment. And I agree. Vale and Donovan arrived at the Salem Witch House, looking at its old structure. Vale began to feel a chill coming from the house, and Donovan noticed Vale's movements as if he was fighting something off. Something invisible. Is there something wrong, Vale? I just... I feel this a presence of some kind. Not sure what it is, but it's coming from the house. They approached the front door, being greeted by a woman named Farm Ruka. She greeted them and allowed them to enter the home. Once they were inside, they noticed historical artifacts that resided in the rooms. These are paintings that show the residents of this land. These are Elizabeth Gibbs' children. She had a total of four. One of the children had died a year before she married Mr. Judge Jonathan Corvin. 
her daughter Margaret had passed away the second year she decided to get married. So, are all these paintings portrayals of women? Not these two on the wall. Fawn pointed toward the wall where two paintings were set. Bill bent down and looked at him. He turned and looked at Donovan before facing Fawn. So, these two are paintings of young boys? Yes, it is. They were known as Little Henry and Little Robert. So, they wore dresses in the late 1600s, is what you're telling me. Mainly until they reached sometime around six years old, at least that age we know of. Fascinating, Donovan said. Learn something new every day. If you have an open mind, Bill said, what else can you tell us about this place? Mr. Jonathan Corwin and the jury in, the, in this court had presided over the courses of the trials, condemning many who they considered guilty. They put him to death. Corwin even lived in his home. Was there a way that they could confess the truth to the jury so they would be set free? Donovan asked. Their integrity was too prideful that they would rather die in this life and keep their integrity in the next. Instead of being what's considered a coward or just giving in to the judge and the jury's demands. So this Bridget Bishop was one of the first women to be considered a witch, Bill asked. She was first to be wrong as potentially being a witch due to her being an easy target. All the men would flirt with her as if all the women would hate her. And many of them condemned her at practicing witchcraft. So this home belonged to Judge Corrin during those times of the trials. Yes, it did. He lived here. So there should be much energy in this home, Bill said. Maybe that explains what I was feeling before we entered. Also, in a way to find out if the women were witches, they would take their urine and mix it with flour, bake it into a cake. They would feed the cake to a dog and watch the dog for any unusual behavior or movements. It determined if the women were truly witches. They fed dogs cake with urine baked in it, Donovan said. Utterly disgusting. Horrifying at the most, Bell replied. Bell and Donovan later visited a location where they were going to watch a reenactment of the trials, taken directly from the transcripts. As they entered the school, watching the young girls portray the historic figures of the witch trials, Donovan watched uncertainty with fear as Bell appeared to be in a trance, studying the words and movement of how the young girls portrayed the figures. After watching the reenactment, they decided to head back over to the Lyceum restaurant as they spoke the more residents who were concerning this event, as many of them were currently inside. Bill and Donovan questioned them, as many as possible, particularly about Bridget Bishop. A few of the residents showed veiled photos of a wedding that took place inside of the banquet hall, and in that photo, is an apparition of a woman who they believe to be Bishop. After speaking with the residents, Vell knows the sun was starting to set. He told Donovan they must head back over to the witch's house to begin the investigation. Once they returned to the witch's house, Fawn allowed them back in, and she locked them within the home, as per usual in these cases. Donovan began taking on equipment as Vell began to say a prayer over himself and Donovan, protecting them from any malevolent spirits that may reside inside the home or on the land itself. Much of the equipment is ready and set, Donovan said. I'll start once you're ready. And I'm ready. While Val and Donovan walked to the living room of the home, Val began to feel a chill as the room's temperature suddenly dropped. Donovan saw his own breath coming from his mouth. He turned over 
towards Vale, who appear to be fighting off something once more. So what's the problem? I'm feeling someone else's emotions. I don't know who this is, but I'm feeling a little sad for some reason, and it's not my emotions. Are you going to be alright? I'm not going to let this get to me, but I can't ignore what I'm feeling right now. Donovan reached into his jacket pocket, pulled out an EMF detector, to find any energy. Noting the major temperature drop, the EMF energy stopped itself at the number 666. The energy is at 666, Donovan said. What the hell is going on in here, Gaynor? We know there's something here, and it's with us right now. Bell took out a digital recorder as Donovan walked around the home with the detector. Who's currently here with us? Bell asked. Mr. Donovan and I would like to know. Donovan continued walking through the home with the detector. Find anything yet? Bell asked. Nothing. About however, the temperature is back to normal. Donovan suddenly felt hands on his back, and he jumped up and turned toward Bell, who looked at him with uncertainty. What's wrong? I felt hands on my back. There's nothing behind you, Donovan. I'll check around this area to make sure what's around. Bill walked through the area of the room using the digital recorder and continued asking questions towards the spirits that may be in the home. While asking these questions, he heard a disembodied female voice. <laughs> it came from the room he was inside of. He turned quickly, scanning the room, noticing Donovan was in the opposite room. He was here with me. He didn't get a response. A few hours later, and not finding any signs of the spirits, Bell looked outside the window, and the sun was starting to rise. He turned to Donovan, who approached him with the other digital recorder and detector. Donovan, the sun's rising. Well, it looks like this investigation is about over. They packed their gear and waited for Fawn to unlock the doors. Around 6.30 a.m., Fawn did arrive, and the doors opened. Bell and Donovan left the home. Fawn showed curiosity toward him, and approached Vale as he began to enter his car. Did you discover anything? Somebody easy feeling. Oh, we must go through our records and make a perfect statement. But however, thank you for allowing us into this home. Bell and Donovan left the home. Fawn entered. She closed the door, and through the window was an apparition of a female looking outside at Fawn as she left the house later on. Within a few days, Bell and Donovan spent most of their time dissecting the recorders, searching for any signs of the spirit's voice. While scanning the recorders, Bell noticed a distinctive voice. He quickly paused and rewinded the recorders, going back to the voice. Donovan approached him, looking at the screen. Did you uh, find anything? I believe I just did. Bell played the audio, listened to himself asking the question of who was inside the room with him when he heard the disembodied female voice. After hearing himself ask the question, he caught a distant voice inside the audio. After enhancing it, he played the audio once again and caught the voice. Is that who I think it is? Donovan asked. Bridget Bissom. She was in the home with us. Bill and Donovan appeared later at a city hall meeting in Salem with the city council and residents. They showed the audience all the information and evidence they discovered inside the witch house. The audience was sort of stunned by the evidence. The last evidence they showed was the voice of Bridget Bishop. Upon playing the audio for the audience and the council to hear, they were quietly appalled. And afterwards, they gave an applause to Felon Donovan, thanking him for their visit and their investigation. Upon leaving Salem the following day, Donovan asked Fel what his next investigation would be, as if he already knew. 
Bill, sitting inside his car, turned and gave Donovan a small smirk. From what I can guess, my next case will probably be out of the ordinary.